Why, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh, my goodness gracious, you're over there just rocking it out again. Oh, man, just pounding it. You and your magical synthesizer warming up and welcoming us all here with that beautiful musical introduction here on Failing Up. That's Jungle Jim over in the corner over there right now in his autumn flannel shirt with a big pint of apple cider. Is that warm? Is that warm? Did you, did you heat that up? There's nothing like a warm cider on a brisk autumn evening. That's right. That's Jungle Jim. I'm Tim Marr. This is Failing Up, recording this podcast on October 5th, 2022, Starship Enterprise. <laughs> That's right. Located in the basement studio right along the shores of the mighty Seneca River, flowing into the Great Oswego River. Goes all the way to the Great Lake of Ontario. If you make a right, you're going to go past 1,000 islands on that. St. Lawrence Seaway up into Canada, out into the Atlantic Ocean, around the world, just like my voice. If you make a left, you're going over to Buffalo and Niagara Falls, inch by inch, or a little up north to Toronto. You can go over that falls and get down to Cleveland, Ohio, and Lake Erie, and all the rest of these wonderful great lakes. My goodness gracious. Beautiful time, peak foliage. No, no, it's not peak foliage. Forget about it. Somewhere it is, maybe up north. But everybody's going to be cramming around here looking for leaves. And you really have to time it well because one good rainstorm, one good gust of wind, and it's gone. Personally, I always like the barren trees around Halloween. I think that barren trees around Halloween really look uh, uh, dramatic. And they give me that kind of autumn feeling in the leaves on the ground and you're walking the leaves and all that stuff. Of course, if you're in other parts of the world or in the West Coast or the south part of our country where it just stays warm, you don't know what you're missing. But um, then again, come February, you want to be missing it. That's right. Oh my goodness, great. I love it down south. You know, I gotta get down to the Big Apple. I gotta get down to New York City. Love, love the Big Apple. Love New York City. Uh, spent a lot of time down there in my formative years when I remember working at Rosie O'Grady's and uh, one summer as an NBC page. You know, I could never I could never stick down there. I could never really stay. I think the longest I ever lived in New York was maybe five months. Used to go back and forth a lot of business when I was with Syracuse and Cornell down there almost every other week and just, you know, had places to stay, the Cornell Club or uh, Syracuse. We had a, a place up on East 61st Street. It was just, a, you know, just spend a lot of time. Love that city. And I remember, you know, I remember one time when I was in New York. This is in the early 80s when I was living in New York. So I was living in New York City. I wasn't down there for a visit. I think I was, I, I was just down there. I was in the city. And I used to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral quite often. I always like to stop into St. Patrick's Cathedral. It was a great place to just go in and kind of regroup. And um, I got to get back down because I haven't seen it without the, with the new lighting. It looks fantastic. And um, now, now me growing up, you know, being an Irish Catholic boy and uh, an altar boy, former altar boy, I knew all about the sacraments. I grew up, I grew up with the sacraments and Catholicism. Catholicism is uh, is a religion based on rituals and uh, you know, you, you work your way up. It's kind of like you start in kindergarten and you graduate. The ultimate, the ultimate sacrament. It's funny because the ultimate um, is the ultimate, uh, you know, sacrament. What am I going to say here? I'm losing my mind. So the ultimate sacrament. I can't even spit it out. Maybe I'm, man, maybe I'm not supposed to be talking about this, but the ultimate sacrament, you know, you have uh, first communion is your first one. No, first you're baptized and that, that gets rid of your, original sin. Because when you're born, you're born with an original sin. You have nothing to do with it. You are born with sin. And it's original. 
So you get baptized and that one's gone. So even before you can talk or, or do anything, go to bed, you're, you're, you got one, one's gone. Then you make your first communion. Now, first communion is a big pressure one because in the Catholic Church, in first communion, you then can go up and receive communion, the body and blood of Christ in church, and you can also go to confession. You know, go to confession. And that is one of the scariest things you can do when you're a kid is break into confession. And then, then your, your life evolves. In the confessional experience, it evolves. And after, for, after uh, your first communion, you make confirmation. I don't really understand confirmation, but it's very important. Then you get married or you become a priest or a nun. Then the ultimate one is you die and you get last rites. Now, you always want to get last rites because if you get last rites, if you get last rites, you're guaranteed to go to heaven. Now, back to the first communion. It's really interesting because you get your first communion, but you make your first confession. And back then, you know, when you're, I think you're five or six, and you're going to the confession. First of all, what do you really have to confess? So, you know, I would be in line thinking of things. I'm like, oh my God, i got to go in there and I have to. All right, so let's see. Uh, I lied. I was too young. I can't say I swore. I'm too young to swear. So I lied five times. I was mean to my brother. Um, I hollered at my parents. I didn't pick up my bedroom. All that kind of stuff is what you brought into First Communion. And... Um, and you would go in, and the priest would be in there, and you'd say your, your, your opening prayer, Bless me, Father, I have sinned. These are my sins. And it's been whatever since my, my last communion. You know, and then he would welcome you and say, Okay, you know, go, go ahead and spill it up. Well, you know, Father, I, I was mean to my brother, and I hollered at my parents, and I didn't pick up my bedroom. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, for that, for that, why don't you go say three Hail Marys and a good job. Good job. Now I'm clean. But, I wouldn't, but then as you get older and you really start experiencing sin, uh, and communion kind of becomes a very intimidating place to go because then you go in there and you're thinking, I can't tell him that. There's no way in hell I can tell him that. I can't tell him about that or this. You know, once you reach puberty, my God, I can't tell him that. Or, oh my goodness gracious. Like, you know, I didn't pay for those candy bars. Then you start thinking, oh geez, I got a six pack up here. Then there's stuff that you really don't want to, you don't want to share with anybody. But then you do want to share it because if you go in there, it's taken away. It's kind of like a get out of jail for free card. So if you go in there and you got the cojones to really open up, it's a get out of jail for free card. I raised all this hell. I did all these things. I checked off maybe five boxes off the Ten Commandments. And now I'm in here and I'm going to spill my beans. And it's a clean slate until I come back again. Then when you get a little older... Uh, you, know, you get people go to church who want to be seen at church, and then people go to communion, and they want you to. Well, I went to communion today. I was in. I went to. I went to, not communion. I went to confession. I went to confession when I was in confession, and they like to. Like, they like you to know that they go to confession. It's kind of like this. Well, I'm a saint. I go to confession, and I'm thinking, well, maybe if you were a better person, you wouldn't have to go to confession. So there's a lot of pressure and a lot of status around the confessional, and the confession itself. You know, first of all. It used to be you went into this dark little kind of phone booth and you knelt down and there was a little screen and they opened it up and the priest is there. You can't really see him and I'm tall enough where he would just see my chest, but you figured he could recognize your voice. And then in like the 70s and the 80s, they started these face-to-face -face confessions where you could choose. I remember I went to confession one time before Easter and I didn't know it and I walked in like the wrong line and I walk into this room and there's the priest sitting in a, a nice beautiful chair 
looking at me. He goes, hi, Tim. Oh, hi, Father. I guess you want to do face-to-face. -face. Well, needless to say, there wasn't a lot being confessed that day because you're sitting there talking to your, you know, face-to-face. -face. So in any event, for most of my years in Catholicism up until that point, uh, as a baptized and, and from First Communion to being an altar boy, you know, an altar boy, retiring as an altar boy, and then becoming a hellraiser, uh, which just kind of goes with the turf. Um, I never really, really spilled my guts in a confessional. I never really pushed the envelope. So here I was uh, in Manhattan, um, living over there in the West Side YMCA. Going to, I used to go to, like I said, St. Pat's every day. It was a kind of a peaceful place. I always went and said a prayer at St. Jude, the saint for uh, hopeless cases, the things almost despaired of, which was me walking around. And I had some time. So and I got there early. I got there early. I was going to go to Mass, and I got there early, and they were having confessions. And I was in the pew where all the saint statues are, and there's the confessional, and I see people going in in a line. And I think to myself, Tim, why don't you have confession? This guy's not going to know you. This priest will never see you again. And if he does, in a city with a bazillion people, he's not going to know who you are. You could be a tourist. You could be anybody. This is your chance to go into a confessional and just let it out. I mean, baby, let it go. Really let it go. You know, the ultimate confession. New York City, St. Patrick's Cathedral. I'm in. Game on. I wasn't even nervous because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going to know this guy, this priest. So I get in line. And the person in front of me goes, you always hear him mumbling. You're always trying to listen. Like, and if they're in there longer, you think, hmm, maybe that's a cool dude. So the guy comes in and comes out. The door closes. Then I go in. Boom, sit down. Or kneel. Uh, and the, the slat opens up. And there's the kind of like it's a fence, you know. And there's the shadow on the other side. And, uh, and I say, uh, and you hear, uh, hello. I heard, hello. Hello. And I said, so I said the prayer, you know, I said, hello, Father. And he said, uh, go ahead, go ahead, just go ahead. That's what they say, go ahead, go ahead. So he, so he said to me, go ahead. So I said, oh, bless me, Father, I have sinned. Uh, I don't know, it's been a while since, I don't know, I don't know the last time I was in confession. You don't know, you don't know the last time. I said, no, to be honest with you, I really don't know the last time. Uh, he said, okay. And uh, he said, well, what, what do you want to, well, what, what do you have to say to me? And I said, well, you know, Father, and then I just, like a spouting oil well of sin, just opened up. And I mean, all I remember is, wah, 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 wah. and then I, wah, 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 wah. and when I was 18, wah, 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 wah. oh, and Father, blah, blah, blah. and he, there was dead silence on the other side. And, uh, and he wasn't even rattled. I didn't, he wasn't rattled. I told him everything. I mean, everything you can imagine that uh, a rambunctious 13-year-old to 24-year-old would do in his life. And everything. Everything. Not even rattled. And he said, uh, so he asked me the question. He said, uh, now how often do you go to church? And I said, well, you know, Father, I haven't been to church. I said, I'm going to Mass today, but here's how I look at it, Father. I think it's sometimes I go to church, you know, but so if I don't feel like going to church on Sunday, I don't go to church because I think it's an insult 
And I can just really, you know, I can kneel on my bedroom floor and say prayers and thank God. And uh, it's just it's just as good as me going to church. So I don't want to be somebody in church to be seen. When I do go to church and if I'm looking at my watch to leave, that's an insult. Wait a minute. Are you no, that's, that's not what happens. Sunday is the day you go to church. You're supposed to be on church every single Sunday. I said, well, Father, I don't believe it. What do you mean you don't believe in that? You're supposed to be in church on Sunday, every single Sunday. I said, Father, if I'm in church on Sunday, it's an insult. It's an insult to God because I don't want to be there. What do you mean you don't want to be at church? Of course you want to be at church. It's the Lord's Day. I said, well, Father, I, I, it's not that I don't like. I do go to church when I'm in when I want, otherwise I say a prayer. And God knows, God knows if I want to be in church or don't want to be in church. That's not the point. The point is, it's Sunday and you've got to be in church. Otherwise, it's a sin. Well, that got me a little ticked off. And I thought to myself, you know, how can that be such a mortal sin if I'm not in church on Sunday? On the scale, that's really not fair because a mortal sin is killing somebody or a mortal sin is if I don't go to church on Sunday. But all I really have to do is come to confession. And so that that's 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 how but that's what I believe and that's how I feel comfortable. Wait a minute. So when you don't even remember the last time you were at a confession, and now you're telling me you go to church when you feel like it. Well, actually, Father, I have another philosophy about confession, to be honest with you. I believe that God knows when you sin, you know, and God knows when we're sorry. You know, so I don't have to wait six weeks to come here and, and be absolved of my sins. I can I can be sorry. Really, I am more sincerely sorry in the moment or immediately afterwards. When I, you know, hit my knees then and ask for forgiveness right there and then. I said I come here because it's it's part of the rules. You know, it's part it's this is you know, this is what you do, it's part of the rules, it's like voting. It's like um keeping my card as a Catholic. Wait a minute. You can't. What do you mean? You, you just forgive yourself in your bed. You don't forgive yourself in your bedroom. You come to here and you be absolved and you confess your sins. And you're absolved and that's how it works. Don't you understand that? I said, well, Father, I do understand that and I'm here today. But, but let's face it, a lot of people come in here and they're just kind of winging it. They're really not, you know, they're really not confessing. I mean, I lied five times. I mean, no. how many times have people come in and told you what I just told you? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I said, so... I said, but then I'll go to church. Now, wait a minute. You go to church. So you confess in your bedroom. And sometimes you have mass in your bedroom. Actually, I don't have mass in my bedroom. I just pray in my bedroom. Or I'll pray in a car. Or I'll pray I'll pray in a bathroom, for God's sakes. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Now, let me get this straight. But then you go to mass on Sunday. Do you take the sacrament? Do you take communion? I said, well, of course, Father. I mean, if you go to church, you got to take communion. I mean, it's not official if you don't take communion. It's like going to the restaurant and not ordering. I mean, if I'm at church, I've got to have communion. I've got to take communion. You can't be taking communion if you haven't gone through the sacrament of confession and you missed Mass. You can't be taking communion. I said, why can't I be taking communion? Because I forgave myself in my bedroom. I prayed the week before. You know, I probably even prayed today before I came here. And obviously, I would, I would have prayed even before I came here if I knew we were going to have this conversation. Now, wait a minute. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to understand something. I said, Father, I think I do understand. And here I am today on my own volition. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Is there, is there anything else? Is there anything else you need to tell me? I said, well... I don't think so, Father. I think, uh, 
you know, I think that's it. He was kind of asking a question now. So, oh, sure, Father, please ask me any question you'd like. Are you sure you're Catholic? Are you sure you're Catholic? I said, of course I'm Catholic. But I said, I was an, I was an altar boy, as a matter of fact. I was an altar boy and served for the bishop, as a matter of fact. Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. I said, well, Father, why don't you tell me? And now I was fiery and I was a little angry. And I don't care if I echoed through the hallways of the aisles of St. Patrick's. Cause I was in the middle of a debate and I felt as if I had a, some good points here. And I said, Father, why don't you tell me? What is a young man supposed to do? And all I heard him say, For God's sakes, would you practice a little restraint? Say five Hail Marys and do this and that and, and have it. So I walked out of the confession. I was exhausted. I imagine he was a little tired too. But I was absolutely exhausted. I And doing what I was supposed to do, I said my prayers and I went to Mass. And that was probably the last, it was probably the only really true confession slash debate I ever had. Um, but I learned a lot that day. I learned a lot that, you know, held true later in, later in life, later in, you know, about the uh, fact that it's, it's, it's going through the steps and the motions that get me into heaven and not living in a certain way. You know, it's kind of like checking a box. Check six weeks and I've done that. I'm, I'm good. Okay, six weeks I've done that. Every Sunday I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. But oh, but in the meantime, I've done this, but I can confess this then. And I was just so confused. And um, uh, anyway, maybe that's Jingle Jim. I know you're over there. And J Jim, I can hear your confession. Anytime, Jungle Jim, you want, I will hear I will hear your confession. You've confessed to me. And of course, it won't go any farther than me and those five people listening in and uploading failing up. I'm Tim Marr. That's Jungle Jim. I hear you, Jim. I hear you, boy. I hear you paying for me, son. Oh, my God, I did it again. All righty. Have a good day. And this is failing up.